This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I have long been of the conviction and hold this as a a deeply held conviction um, that our worship, I know in my own personal experience, my worship uh, is, is parallel with, with my understanding of the truth. Amen? And this is a reason why it's important. I believe, uh, to know the truth. The Bible says, now hear this scripture in light of that. The Bible says that uh, if you continue in my word, uh, then you uh, will know the truth. And in knowing the truth, the Bible says uh, that you'll have freedom. Amen. And I'll tell you, you know... uh, Freedom in in worship and giving expression uh, to God uh, is is that when out of the realm or within the realm of the spirit, God's spirit in your spirit, interacting uh, uh, in relationship with God, you'll notice. Let me say it this way: you'll notice that when we uh, I can't tell you a number of times that when I worship, that God begins to reveal truth to me. There's a, there's a revealing of Himself, the truth about Him. It, having an experience of the truth about Him. And man, that, uh, that's like the, uh, you know, that's the match that lights the fuse that, you know. Uh, in another, that's like... Uh, that's like Pastor Kelly says. I mean, the mouse has found a way into the whiskey barrel and is having itself a time. Amen. Praise God. Oh, um, and it's just that way. Uh, you know, I've been in experiences in the Christian life where not much truth was available. Now, now people walked in what truth they knew, but there was no. Uh, there, there was, there was no uh, graduation. There was no movement. There was no real pursuit beyond the truth that was already known. Uh, and I also noticed that then, then there wasn't uh, freedom where worship was concerned. Amen. You know, uh, um, this isn't in my notes, but it. I want to share this with you. You know, uh, I heard this this morning. You know, at, at some, the Bible says, "As since uh, as as babes desire the sincere milk of the Word of God." Uh, but you know, there comes a time when milk isn't enough. <laughs> you know, both of our children, uh, Kyle especially, though earlier probably than Melissa. Um, that uh, Miss Sandy breastfed both of them, and uh, um, 
and but there there was a time when milk was not enough she had to uh, uh, she had to uh, supplement that yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know with a uh, th- that little fine flaky cereal or whatever she mixed that up but there had to be more substance Amen. In order for the child to grow. Amen. Now, who determined that? Not the parent, but the child. Milk wasn't enough. They weren't satisfied. They needed more. Amen. Are you listening? It's the same way in the things of God and the, uh, uh, and the, uh, the truth of God's work. There comes a point in time uh, in our lives, if we uh, if we are desirous of growth, uh, where milk isn't enough, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible also in another place says that uh, you know uh, that through the exercise uh, you know of our spirituality and our growth and development, that uh, we're ready for the the meat of God's word. Amen. There's the milk of God's word, but then there's the meat of God's word. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, Genesis 1, 26, 29, we've been looking at uh, this, uh, the power of the seed and seeing the seed. Um, Genesis 1, 26 says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and men, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Father, we thank you for your words tonight. We ask for the help of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor for it. Now, it's vital, uh, and we've taken some time with this because of this, it is vital to our understanding uh, to see God's will and God's way and God's kingdom in the context of original creation. Now, let me give you a new definition of God's kingdom. It is God's will and God's way. It is God's will and God's way. Amen. And see, so, you know, God has never changed His original purpose or plan or provision for man. And He is totally and fully committed to complete and to finish what he started. God is a finisher, and he finishes what he started. Now, in the original creation of man, on day six, God saved the best and the highest for last. Crowning jewel of everything before that came before was the creation of man. The Bible says God formed man, the body of man out of the dirt from the ground he was handmade fearfully and wonderfully made formed by God fashioned by God's own hand and it says and he blew into his nostrils the breath of life 
and the man became alive. He breathed the breath of life and he became alive with the life of God. God's own life, inside and out, through and through, was completely uh, created in God's image and in His likeness. Uh, the Bible says that uh, God is spirit. It also says that we are spirit. God has sanctified us, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. Amen? But I want you to imagine Adam uh, here. Uh, God fashioned and formed his body, his physical body, the place that Adam would live in, his earth suit, his earth house, his vehicle to operate in the earth with, fashioned him. Matter of fact, part of the translation uh, uh, of Adam is kind of a play on words of, uh, it means red dirt. Alabama people will be happy about that. (laughs) The first man was... Adam literally is a, uh, it's the term red and then earth. Amen, red earth. The man's body. But I want you to imagine then God, he breathed into him. Can't do this with anybody else, but come here, Miss Sandy, for a minute. Amen. I won't say how much I like your body, but come here. Amen. Uh, now listen, after he formed the man, stood the man up, And he had to breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. Are you listening? And it wasn't from way back here. It was like... And and man, the Bible says, became alive. Alive. Now, his eyes are closed, you know. But when man became alive, uh, he opened his eyes. And the first thing that he saw was God. And he saw God this close to where he could see himself reflected in God's eyes. Amen. Thank you very much. Now, uh, opening his eyes for the first time and seeing God face to face, seeing himself reflected in God's eyes. Now, what a moment is seeing God and this coming alive, seeing God. And you have to... Uh, I, I would have to imagine that that his first at the at the sight of God and this awakening to life, you know, uh, being made by God. I, I have to uh, imagine say, "Who are you? Who are you?" Yeah. Is, isn't that the question of every child to the parent? Who who are you? Uh, and uh, and I'm going to take Jesus' rendition because you know the, the God has many names that are all aspects, revealings of all aspects of Himself. But you know Jesus said this about the Father. He said, "He's Abba, Adam, I'm Abba." I'm the one that loves you. I'm the one that wanted you. And I'm the one that made you. I'm the one who is love. I'm the one who is good. 
And then the next question would be, and who am I? Well, you're Adam. You are of me. You were made by me. You're created of God. You're born of God. You know, the scripture teaches us this, and it's so apropos that we sang, that Pastor Ron and them chose that song tonight. Uh, you're not just anybody. You're my child. You're a child of God. You're a child of my love. 1 John 3 and 1 says, and I like this, says, See, S-E-E-C, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Another translation, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Another translation, see what marvelous love the Father has given to us, has bestowed upon us, abounds to us, extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. Loved of God, one of God's names for us is beloved. Beloved, made right. Adam was made right. Absolute perfection, flawless, just like God. And this was uh, the first Adam, the original creation, the first uh, man that God made. And, uh, and he was all right. Everyone say all right. But you know, uh, all went wrong, didn't it? You know, it's interesting in studying this out, uh, there's some scriptures that uh, um, that talk about the first Adam and the last Adam. And it says, the, it says, through the disobedience, one translation says the misstep. Right? Another translation says this. It says, through uh, the disobedience, and it says it this way, uh, the failure to hear. The heedlessness and the carelessness. My goodness. All right. That everything went wrong. Charged to Adam's account. Now that was not by God's decision or God's choice, but by Adam's decision and and Adam's choice because we were made uh, a free will, weren't we? Now 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read this out of the... um, the Message Bible, and it's okay that we're still here where God made man, isn't it? Because uh, we've got to be able to, to have this in our foundation in order to see the seed. Are you listening? Amen. Uh, and really see uh, what God is saying to us. in the 1 Corinthians fifteen forty five. the message Bible, it says, We follow this sequence in Scripture. The first Adam received life. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. That's talking about Jesus. Physical life came first, then spiritual. A firm, base-shaped, 
from the earth, a final completion coming out of heaven. The first man was made out of earth, and people since then are earthy. The second man was made out of heaven, and people now can be heavenly. In the same way that we've worked from our earthly origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends. Now, uh, in another translation, it says, The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Now, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Amen. I want to uh, turn over to Romans 5. Back to Romans 5. And this gives us a little bit uh, more perspective on this. And this is going to be... Um, verses 12 through 19, the message about it. It says, you know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in. First sin, then death. And no one exempt from either sin or death. That, that sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. But the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. Yet the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through the one man Jesus Christ will do. There's no comparison between the death-dealing sin and this generous, life-giving gift. The verdict on the one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on the many sins that followed was this wonderful life sentence. If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes sovereign life in those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting everything right, that the one man Jesus Christ provides. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many in the right. Isn't that powerful? So Jesus came, we see this, to put man in the right. It's important for us to see uh, that, that 
this parallel between the original creation man, the first Adam, and the new creation man, Jesus being the first. Amen. The first fruits of many that would follow. Adam was the original pattern. Are you listening? Uh, and Jesus is, uh, and Jesus simply came and re- and recovered that and restored that same pattern to us in Himself and by Himself through Himself. Uh, first, Second Corinthians uh, five fourteen. Let's look over here at some scriptures. It's very powerful. That will help us to. It's kind of like taking boxes and piling them up in the window that's a little bit too high to see about, see out. And these scriptures help to build us up. The Bible says, I commend you to the Word of God, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Amen. All right. Second, I'm sorry, Roger. Second, five, second Corinthians 5. 14 through 21. I'm going to read it out of the message Bible again. It says, Our firm decision then is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death, talking about Jesus, so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look or merely as dust, death people. Amen. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside and we see it is that we, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. Amen. So it says, "Is we are to uh, we are to see this that He is the pattern and the model for the new creation, Jesus." And see as God sees, not ourselves. Now listen, the first one you see is in the mirror of the words, not everybody else that they need to do that, but we see ourselves. Amen. When we look into God, we see ourselves reflected in His eyes. Amen. So we, should not, we see ourselves as God sees us, not, our, not ourselves as, as, the du, as the dust death old man, but as the heavenly life new man, the new creation. Not as in the wrong with God, but as in the right with God. In Jesus, in the Christ, in, his, in the anointed one and His anointing, uh, that God put us there so that we might be made, recreated, brand new. The righteousness of God. Amen. Now... It says, the old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. If the Bible says look at it, should we look at it? Look at it. What? The new life. Look at the old that is gone and the new life. Amen. Look at it. All this, the old going away, 
Are you listening? And the new coming, it says, is fr- comes from God, who settled the relationship between us and Him, and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin. God has given us the task of telling everyone what He is doing. We're Christ's representative. God uses us to persuade men and and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ Himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Never stop being a friend with you. Uh, It's amazing to me. This is is amazing where the love of God is concerned. Uh, Now, now I, I know that God foreknew that Adam would do what he'd do. But I believe God, because love hopeth all things, I believe he hoped he wouldn't. Are you listening? I believe that God hoped that he wouldn't. And there's always hope, isn't that right? Amen. Uh, But even when Adam did, uh, have you done? And she said, well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. And I gave to my husband, and he ate also. And uh, and God talked to them uh, about that. But he wasn't through with that breath before he turned around to the devil and said, I'm, and, and this is what he, he said, now his heel, uh, 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 he said, your heel's going to bruise his head. But what was God saying that? He goes, I'm going to get him back. Yes. Yes. I mean, God had already decided, it doesn't matter. See, I, I love him. And I'm going to get him back. Yes. Amen. God has never changed his mind. Amen. said, he's already a friend with you. He's never stopped being a friend. He's never been uh, man's foe. He's always been man's friend. Amen. He could have just said, forget it, bad deal. Amen. <clears throat> I believe that uh, we need to see this. How you ask, well, we have to see it in Christ. We have to see us in, in His light. Amen. Where God put the wrong on Him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. God put us in Christ. In Christ. Amen. So that we might be made brand new, recreated new, the righteousness of God. Now I want you to think about this. Now just just the same as God made the first man, amen, no wrong, no fault, no flaws, perfect, made right because it's made by God. He said, see this and look at this. The old life is gone. The old dust, death, wrong man is gone. The separation from God, gone. The death getting and having the upper hand, gone. The dilemma, all this trouble of sin and death, gone. With the new creation. The curse. He told Adam, you're under the curse now. The blessing, you've lost it. Now you're under the curse Living and laboring under the curse. But with the new creation, listen, 
the curse, living and laboring under the curse, gone. The deception of the darkness, listen, that results in being blind to the blessing, gone. Because when Adam sinned, when Adam sinned, death came, darkness came. He can't see anymore the blessing of God. That's why God says, he, he said, you're under the curse. It's not faith, it's fear. Now you're afraid. All right. In Christ's light, we have light through Jesus. I've got to read this. Will it be all right? John, uh, well, I'll just give you the reference. John 1, 3 through 5, it says, uh, talking about Jesus uh, uh, coming. It says, in, it says, in Christ's light, we have light. What came into existence was life. And the life was the light to live by. The life light blazed out of darkness, and darkness couldn't put it out. I submit to you, the darkness can't put it out even to this day. It goes on to say, the life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into the light. Amen? Now listen, those that are God-begotten, not blood-begotten, it says, these are the God-begotten. Not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. First Peter one twenty two says, Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. Now let's look back at Genesis one twenty six and 29 again. It said, God created man and, God crea- and the God created man was then blessed by God. He had the life light in him until he disobeyed and lost the life light and darkness through death came. And he lived in darkness under the curse of wrong until the life giver and the light came. The life giver came and the light came and gave us life and with giving us life, he gave us light. Now we can see... The blessed life. Now we can see the blessing again. We can see uh, the blessed life. See, because only the blessed can see the sea. You, you'll talk to people that are still, listen, in, in the darkness of death, spiritual death. They can't see the blessing. It doesn't make any sense to them. They can't see that. Only the blessed. <laughs> can see the sea. Uh, two or three of you catching on. I need to define something uh, here for you, you know. See, so we need to see that we are the blessed. And in, in the parallel between uh, the, the original creation and what happened with that and the new creation and what happened with him, we need to realize how blessed we are. Honey, we're the redeemed. I mean, there ain't nobody like you. You are the redeemed of God. You're the bought back. You're the paid for. Come on now. You're the I still wanted you. Oh, my goodness. The redeemed, the righteous, 
The dead who now live, the resurrected to new life, new creation, born of God, loved by God, blessed by God. Amen. Now listen, it's foundational and fundamental to our understandings of the will and the way of God, of the kingdom of God, that the blessed are empowered to see the seed. Hallelujah. Did you, ever see the, did you ever see those old movies where people would be uh, uh, blind, either blind by an accident or born blind, and they'd have an operation and they'd have their heads all bandaged up, yeah. but there came they, yeah. those, the dramatic moments when they'd cut the bandages <laughs> off, and their eyes were always closed. Yeah. yeah. Never seen life. Yeah. Never seen life. Lived in darkness. Experienced life in the dark. Blind. And and then the the uh, the instruction would be given now, open your eyes. And you'd see a lot of times that they were hesitant. What if it doesn't work? Oh honey, this works. I'm going to tell you this worked because you didn't work it. God worked it. (laughs) It worked. Amen. Now what's he saying in all this? Open your eyes. You are blessed. Open your eyes. Because now I wish somebody. Oh, I wish when I got born again that somebody would have, when God breathed the breath of God, that somebody would have Known to say, now you're looking at God. Now you have eyes for God. Now you can see God. Hallelujah. Because He is the, the, in Him was the life, and He is the, the life light giver. And see ourselves in Him, blessed. The blessed by God. Amen. The blessed are empowered to see the seed. In the original creation, we see that this was the first and the primary revelation, revealing by God to man. The fundamental and the foundation of everything good, God, everything good, God needed and wanted man to know, to understand, to see. After He created him and He gave him and He blessed him, then He said this, It said that, he said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth. Well, really what he was saying was, I've given you the seed. I've given you the seed. And in that statement, what he was saying, he says, Adam, I'm the source. I'm the source. And Adam, I'm your source. I'm your source. And my heart is to be your only source. You only need to look to me, son. You just need to see me, Abba, the source of everything. The source, and I'm your source. The one who wanted you, the one who made you, myself I made you. I'm the source of you. You came out from me. Amen. And I'm the one who loves you. 
And I have given you the seed. I put the power of the blessing in the seed. See, the seed is what you need to be fruitful, to increase, to fill the earth, to have dominion, the dominion of the kingdom. Everything you'll ever need for my will, for my way, for my kingdom, see, is in the seed. There's power in the seed. Now let's look at the new creation in Jesus. The first and the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. The Bible says that we were that God determined beforehand that we would be fashioned after Him in the family likeness of Jesus, conformed to the image of His dear Son. Amen. So we see Jesus in the first and the fundamental and foundational teaching and revealing and revelation uh, over in Mark, uh, the fourth chapter. And what's he teaching about? The kingdom. But more importantly, he said this uh, to his disciples. Uh, He came to show them the Father. The scripture testifies that. It says we see Jesus who is the visible expression of the invisible God. Jesus said, I came to show you the Father. And I came to reveal him, to bring him out in the open where you could plainly see it. Because, see, I can't, you cannot see you until you see him. You've got to see you in him because I'm in him. His last prayer was, I'm in him. Father, we're one. And I want them to be one with us. I want them to see themselves in you just like I'm in you. A son. The new man. Hallelujah. The born of God. Amen. Now, let's, let me look uh, here. Oh, he, he's, his, his elementary teaching, foundational teaching, verse 13, it says, And he said to them, uh, Do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? What he's saying is, is what I'm teaching you is the fundamental foundation revelation of what you need. And he's talking in the context of uh, the, uh, uh, of the um, I'm going to hold my reference here because I want to do two references, uh, of the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is like this. Amen. God's will and God's way is like this. See if I can find this in Matthew. I think it says it. This is in Matthew, and this is the 13th chapter. It's the same exact rendition of the scriptures. It says, uh, his disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them parables? And he replied to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. 
For whoever has spiritual knowledge to him will more be given. It will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. For this is the reason that I speak to them in parables, because having, now listen, having the power of seeing, they do not see, and having the power of hearing, they do not hear, nor do they grasp and understand. For in them is the process of the fulfillment. You shall indeed hear and hear, but never grasping and understand. You shall indeed look and look, but never see and perceive. For this nation's heart has grown gross, fat, and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed, lest they see and perceive with their eyes and hear and comprehend this, the sense with their ears and grasp and understand with their heart and turn, and I should heal them, but blessed. But blessed, but blessed are your eyes because they do see. But blessed are your ears because they do hear. Are you listening? Now, he just got done qualifying that. He said, he said I talked to them, but they are in the dark. Now, these boys weren't born again. You understand this. But, but in Christ, that's why John wrote of him. He said, in him was the life, and that light was the light to live by. When we were with him, he shed light on. It was his light. Amen. And in, and in his light, uh, uh, the Lord, hear what he's saying. He goes, now listen. He said, you're blessed. I blessed your eyes and I blessed your ears. Now you're going you're gonna to see and hear what I'm saying. And then he went immediately right in. He said, the seed. I need you to see. And he told the story. And, and it was a mystery to everybody else because only the blessed can see the seeds. Well, he said this to him. He goes, blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears. Now listen to what I'm telling you. The sower sows the seed. The whole thing was about the seed. And about the blessing. Yes. He said, here's what's going to happen. He goes, here's how you be fruitful. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. But I need you and want you to see the seed. And you can only see it until I blessed you. Hallelujah. But you are the blessed. Hallelujah. They wanted to hear. They wanted to see. Some of them didn't and they didn't. But those that wanted to see. Hallelujah. The Lord bless him. He goes, your eyes are blessed. Oh, I call you blessed church. Oh, we don't know how blessed we are. That God would take us all the way back and bear his heart to us and show us how he made you, where you came from, and what he wanted for you all along. It took him all this time to get you into the place where he could tell you and show you how blessed you are and give you eyes to see and ears to hear what you're seeing that he's saying to us right now. You are the blessed. You've been given insight. My assignment was to show you the Father and reflect Him as a son. And I'm the pattern, the model, the image to be conformed to for you as the sons and daughters of God. I show you the Father's original intent and purpose for His family. 
the very first teaching of Jesus, the fundamental teaching, he said, if you don't catch this, you're not going to understand any of it. If I can't get you to see that you're the blessed, and as the blessed, the first thing I need you to see is the seed. That it's all in there. It's all in there. I put it all in the seed. Amen. Oh, we're going to look down on into this now. I mean, this is the big stuff for the good stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. See the seed and the power of the seed. You see, the seed is what we need to be blessed and to be a blessing. If we can just see and understand that the seed is fundamental and foundational to the blessing. It's foundational, fundamental to you and I as the blessed. Being fruitful, increasing, filling the earth, having dominion, having the kingdom of God, bringing the kingdom of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.